Monica Pearson is a trailblazer, legend and icon to Atlanta and journalists everywhere. But are there words to describe what she means to all of us? Ms. Pearson is the first woman and first minority to anchor the daily evening news in Atlanta at WSB-TV, where she graced the air with her brilliance, charisma, and style for 37 years. Even after her retirement in 2012, she has remained active in media through public broadcasting, personality interviews, public speaking, and so much more. I know that you will be just as inspired by our conversation today as I was. I'm honored to have sat down with the one and only Monica Kaufman Pearson. Hi, Ms. Pearson. It's an honor to have you on the show today. Thank you, Rebecca, for the invitation. I've been looking forward to it. Of course. I've absolutely been looking forward to it. The first question I want to ask you is, how does it feel that everyone in Georgia knows Monica Kaufman Pearson? A change. <laughs> well, there are a few still left who don't know me, but it's nice to be recognized. I thoroughly enjoy when I'm out and someone comes up to me and says, I watched you growing up on TV. And then it's usually followed by, I thought I could do what you do. And it was so good to see someone who looked like me in a position that you have. And that makes me feel really good. It gives me a sense of purpose and it gives me a sense of continuity. So I, I enjoy it. You know, some people say, well, don't you get bothered by people coming up and saying hello? No, never. <laughs> That's wonderful. I know so many of us have been inspired by you and have watched you growing up. I know I have. Ah, thank you. Of course. As a teenager yourself, you worked at a radio station in your hometown, WLOU. You also sang country music on a show called Hey Laughs Hoedown. Considering <laughs> your beginnings, did you ever see yourself becoming a broadcast journalist? Never saw myself to becoming a broadcast journalist, Rebecca, because I didn't see people like me doing what I'm doing now. I didn't think I could do that because I was raised to be a teacher or to be a nurse because that's the way it was back then. And I am so glad, though, that when I look back at my life, I was being prepared for this. And the reason I say that, I worked on my high school newspaper. I worked on my college newspaper. And yes, I did sing on Hayloff Hoedown doing country music. And I also uh, used to work for WLOU Radio, which was the first Black-owned radio station in Kentucky. Bill Summers owned it. So all those skills I learned writing then and learning how to use my voice and as a singer, it all came together later on in life. So while I may not have thought I could do it, God always put me in places where I had the ability to move on up. How did you land your job as the first Black woman to anchor the news on WSB-TV? I am the first woman and minority to anchor the six p.m. show as well as the 11 p.m. shows. Funny story. I was working at a TV station in Louisville after I got my job and the station I had first applied to as a reporter had told me I would never make it in television, that I needed to stay as a newspaper reporter. Well, normally when people tell you something like that, what do you do? You say thank you and you leave. I didn't do that because my mom always told me, ask. 
if somebody tells you something, you ask, well, why not? So I said to the news director, well, why do you say I will never be able to do this? And he said, well, number one, you don't look the part. He said, you write well, but you write newspaper style, but you don't look the part. Now, Rebecca, this was a time when Diane Sawyer, the CBS reporter, was a weather girl. Mm. in Louisville. It was a case of you had to have hair down to here, a lot out here and not much up here. So they weren't taking women very seriously. So I took a charm course to learn to do hair and makeup and all of that. And that's how I got my first job in television. The wife of the news director was in this restaurant where I was doing informal modeling. Whenever anybody asks you for your credentials, don't be shy. Give them to them. I mean, I had a quick elevator speech and I told her I'm a Former, pub, former newspaper reporter, now working in public relations, trying to get skills to get into television. She said, can you come back in 45 minutes? I want you to meet my husband. He's the news director at WHAS-TV. I stayed around, came back 45 minutes, did my interview, left Brown Foreman three weeks later, and the rest is history. Now, that station that told me I would never make it, when I started anchoring on weekends, we were beating their weekend anchor and reporters. And they then gave a tape of me to WSB because WSB had decided that no longer will there be four white men doing the six o'clock news on their channel. So I came down and interviewed. I found out later there were three people who were finalists for the job, Rebecca, Jane Pauley, Oprah Winfrey and me. I often wonder what if I hadn't gotten the job, where would I be? <laughs> but that's how I got here. The station that told me I would never be a reporter or anchor was the station that helped me get my job in Atlanta. Wow, what a story. I read that Dr. Joseph Lowry, of course, the civil rights leader and the co-founder of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, spoke on seeing you on his TV for the first time in 1975. He said, Monica was coming into the living rooms of white folks every night at a time when most white folks only encountered us as waiters and maids. Can you explain what burden you carry to be the first woman and the first woman of color on the six o'clock news? And where did you get the gumption to say, I can and will do this? I got the gumption to say I can and will do this for my mother because she said, when God gives you an opportunity, you don't slap him in the face. You take it and you show him he was correct in selecting you. My mother always said, you know, to God be the glory and that this position was given to you so that you could change the lives of many people. I, the door was open for me. I walked in and I held the seat and I did it. But I also constantly reached back, pulled up and pushed forward. It was not easy, Rebecca. I am so glad we didn't have social media back then because I might not have made it. The way people tear other people apart anonymously, the way the things that they say and the things that they do on social media that they would never do and say to your face. But back then we did have telephones. So there were black people calling up saying I wasn't black enough because they wanted me to have a fro out here and hoop earrings here. They felt I should be more ethnic in my attire. And then we had white people calling up saying I was too black and didn't know my place. But the way around it and how I kept my sanity, I had a church. 
that I went to, which is really important. If everything is in your job, when you lose your job, then you lose your mind. I never wanted to be in that position. So I had a church. I volunteered. And because I was in people's neighborhoods and they got to know me, not only did it change the way Black people felt about me, although there were those who were very, very, very proud, there were still those who were not so happy with me because I wasn't, quote, ethnic enough. And then you had the white people who, again, felt I was too Black. But when they got to meet me, there was this, oh, she's really nice. Oh, she's not what I expected. At WSB-TV, you were the predecessor of Javita Moore, who succumbed to incurable brain cancer only several months after being diagnosed. She left us way too early. How do you deal with this type of loss of a fellow broadcast family member that you pass the torch on to? Well, the first thing is that it reminds me that I made a very good decision when I retired in 2012. I decided to retire in 2012 after 37 years. People kept saying, well, why don't you stay to 40? Something in my spirit said, it's time to go. Because if you don't go, Jovita will never get the chance to be the six o'clock anchor. And so I retired. Little did I know at that time that some eight years later, she would get this horrible cancer. And I remember her calling me, asking to talk to my oncologist and not knowing what was going on. And then finally finding out it was glioblastoma. It was one of the hardest things to watch because she's younger than I am. And, you know, I've seen her grow into this fabulous anchor and mother and how what a contributor she was. But then I saw the city the state and businesses let her know how loved she was. Now, what if I had stayed there another five or 10 years? She would have never known the joy of being cared for, adored, and loved the way she was before she died. So I guess because I have been around so much death in my life that I have a a different feeling about that. To me, it is just just that a transition. It's not an end. And I really feel like she still touches so much of society by what she did as a volunteer, as a speaker, as an anchor, as a mother, and just as a good person. Yes. Absolutely. So I I didn't cry because she was out of her pain. And most importantly, she had left an indelible mark on the city of Atlanta. Absolutely. We all love you. Ms. Pierce said, did you ever really retire from GPB to Atlanta News First? You always keep yourself busy. (laughs) Well, Rebecca, my husband says the only thing I've ever failed at is retirement. Well, to make a long story short, I was in a parking lot going to meet a friend for lunch and One of my former co-workers was in the same parking lot trying to get the parking meter to work. And we started talking and she said, what are you doing now? And I said, oh, you know, I'm not doing much. I worked in radio, but that's getting ready to change because they're moving my show to five o'clock in the morning and I'm not doing five o'clock in the morning and I'm not going to be editing a show, you know, to do because it's too hard work. As you know, doing the interviews, then you have to edit it and then you have to put it on. So I said, I'm not doing anything right now. A little bit of public speaking. So she said, well, have you thought about coming back to television, doing your personality interviews? 
And I thought, well, if that's all I have to do, absolutely. And she worked for Gray Television. She got me an interview and I started working for them February of 2022. And it's strictly doing personality interviews. Janelle Monet, Ryan Johnson. I just finished doing a Kelly Hansen, a foreigner, a bone crusher. Uh, I just did uh, this great songwriter who did Yeah by Usher. And then Usher's new song called Glue. And his name is Sean Garrett. And he's just phenomenal. Just got back couple of weeks ago from doing uh, interviewing Dolly Parton again. I had interviewed her when I did my close-ups and now interviewing her again some 40 years later because of the opening of the park of uh, Dollywood, new adventures at Dollywood. So I could not pass that up because that's what I love to do. Over the years, I've seen you on the news with your hair in so many different ways. <laughs> of course, your outfits are one of your greatest strengths. Talk to us about your style. Well, to me, hair is an accessory. And when I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 50, that's when I cut my hair off and just said, you know, just in case I have to have chemo or radiation and neither did I have to have in either cancer. I just I'm just going to cut it off and let it go. And it's been freeing. But then I get bored with hair and I've had braids. I've had, you know, um, crochet braids. So I kind of change my hair according to how I feel. I have a I have a closet full of wigs when I really want a different look. It to me, it's just I want to be comfortable, but I love color. You have figured that out by now, Rebecca. The only color I don't wear often and people are surprised is black. Because it does nothing for my skin. So I love oranges and reds and like your shirt, that beautiful shade of blue. I love that because Color is the way of expressing who I am. I'm very open. I'm colorful. I'm fun. And the only time you will see me wear black is at a funeral, usually, or if it's an event where they've asked me to wear black. I have more red, orange, greens, purples, yellows in my wardrobe than almost anybody because my style is that of fun. And my last question, Mrs. Pearson, one of my favorite speeches of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is titled, What is Your Life's Blueprint? And I tell myself daily, don't just set out to do a good job. Set out to do such a good job that the living, the dead, and the unborn couldn't do it any better. Mrs. Monica Jones Coffin Pearson, <laughs> I believe that you have said this to yourself daily your entire life. What an amazing blueprint you have stored upon us. What is your proudest accomplishment of your personal and professional life? Proudest accomplishment of my personal life will be my beautiful 42-year-old smart daughter. She is like me, but yet very much unlike me. She's very private. She was very much an athlete. She is in business um, as a supply chain manager. She is just but she is one of the funniest, nicest young women I know. She's not married. She has no children. Just all I have is a grand dog, but she's happy. So I'm happy for her. So that to me is my biggest accomplishment, being Claire's mother. That is my joy. Um, professionally, I think the biggest accomplishment that I would point to would be two interviews that I did. One, going with Jimmy Carter uh, when he received the Nobel Peace Prize. 
and two, going to Tokyo when Atlanta received its bid for the Olympic Games. Those two stories really made an impact on Georgia. So I have to say, if I have, if there's any any two stories, any two stories that I would say mean the most to me and would show you what I've accomplished, those two stories would be it. And then any of my close-ups or one-on-one interviews. Of course. Thank you for all that you do. And being well, here. thank you. And thank you so much for joining me. It's an honor. No, the honor was all mine. You had great questions. You've done your research. And that's what I always tell reporters. If you want to be good, you've got to let people know that you've done the research. And you, my dear, did the research. Thank you. That's so wonderful to hear from you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Mirror Elizabeth Show. I hope you are inspired. Be sure to download, follow me on your socials, and stream the next episode. Thank you.